Anthony Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Promise of Our Father podcast. We want to thank all our audience out there that's been listening and the word been spreading throughout the cities and the states and the countries and throughout a lot of areas where people has been lost, but now they have found something that God has tied into them that they can use and utilize it for the glory of God. And we just thank God here at Spiritual Culture Ministry through the Promise of Our Father podcast that we've been teaching the word of truth, the spirit of truth that bear witness with the water and the blood, huh? And the spirit of truth that he shall sin as the promise of our Father. We just want to thank God for all our spiritual cuts leaders out there who's doing the work of the ministry, edifying the body of Christ and walking in the stature as a perfect man or a perfect woman in the spirit of him and the promise of our Father and in the body of Christ. We just want to thank you and, to, uh, and ask you continue that you continue to follow as we continue to, the, the episodes. This is going to be the last episode of this series two. Huh? We just finished series two, episode 16. So we're going to do series two, episode 17. And as the Father has sent me, I send you. This is the finalization of as the Father has sent me, I send you. Now there's different names and titles to these messages, but as I told you in the early stage of the messages in the different names, I was going to name this back to where we started out as, as the Father has sent me, I send you. But this is the finalization. So we should be coming to the conclusion of the matter of what God said. He sent his son through the doors that were shut. Without further ado, we ask that you continue to pray for us, continue that we move forward in the ministry. Before I forget and if it slipped my mind at the end I want to say it in the offset. We have found, you can find the Promise of Our Father podcast on Spotify. You can find it on Podbean and you can find it on your Apple podcast. So if you got an Apple phone and you got Podbean, you got Spotify, just go into the Christianity or the spiritual section of all those podcasts and you're going to find and just type in the promise of our father podcast. And if you don't get that, just put the promise of our father podcast and put in Pastor D. Washington and that should allow for it to show up. But without further ado, we got to get into the finalization. As the father has sent me, hey glory, I send you. We're going to rehash like we normally do in this finalization of the semantic presentation and we're going to rehash like we do from out of the book of John chapter 20 verse 19. My brothers, this is a this is the finalization. So you got to stay tuned and understand where we're gonna go. We're gonna rehash, bring you back a little bit to where we were in podcast sixteen, uh, episode sixteen, series two. So we're gonna go back to John chapter twenty as we normally do. Amen. John twenty nineteen reads, and then the same day at the evening, being the first day of the week. When the doors were shut, when the disciples was assembled for the fear of the Jews, Christ came and stood in the midst, and he said, Peace be with you. When Christ had said this, he showed him his hands and his feet and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. So Christ said to them again, Immortality be with you. He says, peace be with you as the Father, immortality be with you as the Father, immortality be with you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when Christ had said this, he breathed the immortal body. As the Father has sent me, I send you. And he says, receive ye the Holy Spirit. Receive the Holy Spirit. Like I said before, this Holy Spirit he's talking about is found in Luke 24, 49. We're here again. He says, I will send the promise of my Father upon you and you shall be endowed with power from home, from on high. So therefore, my brothers, you have to understand as the Father has sent me, 
Christ says, I also send you. This is the finalization of the message from series two. From all the episodes where we started from series two, episode one, up to where we're at now. So my brother, if you hadn't went, or my sister, if you hadn't went and heard the first few five, six, seven, eight messages to lead up to this here, let me tell you, you're missing out on some stuff. Take your time, go through it. You don't have to rush through it, but if you find yourself going through it and you're seeing what God is saying, don't take your time, just go through it. Because a lot of times we procrastinate, which is the enemy territory, and the enemy lack when you put something off because it allows for God to not to put something on. Because God wants to put on his new creation that is created after him. In, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, he says, and put on the new man and put on the new woman that is created after God in true righteousness and in true eternal life that I created on the sixth day after my likeness, after my image. He said, put it on. Add glory. So don't procrastinate too long because you just might miss out on what God is doing. So, 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 so if you hadn't got the opportunity, go back to series two, huh? episode one, and follow through. And this is the finalization here. So here we go, my brothers and sisters. We about to rehash where we left off at in series two, episode 16. So now he says, so when we read in John 20, 21, and 22, Huh? After Christ came through the six-inch doors that were shut, in Luke 24, 39, 40, Christ told his disciples huh, huh, to look at his hands and his feet. And this is I myself. Touch me. Handle me. See that a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see me. So we got to understand and just wait a minute and find out exactly what Christ was talking about. Because if Christ had flesh and bones and, and he made his disciples touch him to prove to them that he did and then he that he did have flesh and bones and then he ate broad catfish and a honeycomb in his in this body this has to be saying something to us huh it's just so powerful and when he says as the father has sent me i send you if you can eat catfish, and if you can eat honeycomb, and if you can eat like he did coming through the doors that were shut, he's telling us something more powerful than, had, which, than what has been explained to us over the past several years, or over the past several decades, or over the past 2,000 years. So now let's get down with it. His disciples touched him to prove that he had, he had a flesh and bone, and he ate fish. He ate fish to let them know after he came through the doors, six-inch doors that were shut, he told the disciples, peace be unto you. And this is where the power of the resurrection of God is manifested. Huh? So John 20, verse 21, huh? something is being revealed to you, and something is being revealed to me. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. Christ has just revealed to them his body has flesh, his body has bone, and he was still able to eat food. But he said to his disciples, as the Father has sent me, I send you. Now in Genesis 1, 26 and 27, God created man. God created a man. Huh? He created and made a man who was Christ. He God created a man huh, who was the Holy Spirit in his own image and his own likeness. And in the image of God, he made a male and a female. Huh? So God created a man out of his son, Christ. And God created a man out of the son, the Holy Spirit, huh, in his likeness from out of his spirit, from his blood, from his flesh, from his bones, and from his body. Just like we see the body, the blood, the bones of Christ that came through the doors that were shut on the first day of the week. He said, this is the body that is presented, that was presented to you in the body that was created from the dust of the ground, huh? On the seventh day, but on the sixth day, this is the body that God, my father has given me. And I want you to touch it. I want you to feel the bones. I want you to feel the flesh. I want you to feel that a 
spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. You don't believe me? <laughs> Peter, I know you don't. Give me some fish because I know you're a fisherman. Give me some fish, brother. Fry it. Brawl it. I don't care what you do to it. Bake it, but give me some and I'm going to show you who I am as the son of God. This has to mean when God told Christ to tell my sons and daughters as I have sent you. I also send them. <clears throat> and then Christ breathed the Holy Spirit on them. Christ, in essence and in retrospect, has breathed God in his fullness of the Godhead in the form of who he was as God upon us. Come on. Christ has breathed the flesh of God upon us. Christ has breathed the bones of God upon us. Christ has breathed the body of God upon us. Christ has breathed the blood of God upon us that God created in May on the sixth day in his own image and his own likeness from out of his own flesh, his own bones, his own body, his own blood as he was as God. Come on. You got to be kidding me. This body that God breathed on us was made from out of God's spirit that was made without hands. Wow. Come on. We are gods because God breathed God upon us in the image of a male, in the image of a female. And God said, this is my son, the Holy Spirit. This is my son, Christ. I'm breathing myself, my son, Christ and the Holy Spirit upon you as a male and a female. And God said, ha, I'm making you out of a God. Because anything in the image is in the image of what the image is. Because if you look in the mirror and the mirror look back at you, you're going to see yourself as that image. So whatever that image is, it's got to be the image of what it is, what it was made of. And if we was made of the image of God, we has to be, we have to be gods. We are God. And we don't have a clue that we are the children of the most high God. We've been tampered with and taunted so many years in the spirit of him and the promise of our father. We are confusing who we are and who we are belongs to. We belongs to God. We are of God. We are God. I got to prove that because I'm going to get some feedback on that, my brothers and sisters. So when Christ says in John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Come on. He is telling us that we are God. Y'all got to get this here. Let me solidify this with scriptures. Let's go to Psalms 82, verse 6. And the scripture says, it is written, and God said, it is written that you are gods and all of you are children of the most hard God, the most high God. So come on. So you are gods and you are the children of the most hard high God. So if that's the case, whatever Christ breathed on us was through the doors that came through the six inch doors that was shut, had to be God in his image and had to be God in his likeness, had to be God when God made himself in the image and the likeness as a male and a female. It had to be God in the body of the Holy Spirit that was made from the earth and the body of Christ that was made from the heaven, the celestial and the terrestrial bodies that he put himself in and his image. He took his image and made it the form of a male and a female out of a body as a man as himself and put it in a body as a man and his two sons in one body so it can become three bodies. Oh, my brothers and sisters, let's get back that we are God. Ah, look at us. We are God. Y'all better get excited. I don't know if I'm excited by myself. I don't know if I'm excited with you. I don't know if I'm excited because of what God excited me about. But I'm going to tell you right now, I, I'm a God.
Lord. That's why I'm excited. So now you know. So let us go back to Psalms 82.6. He says, God says it is written that you are God. And all of you, not just me, all of us, not just me, my children and children, children, we are the we are the children of the most high God. We are God. Even my grandson, my granddaughter, even my children's children that I had not even seen yet are God. Because they're in the image, whether they come out as a female, or they're in the image. If they come out as a male, they are God. Oh, I got to get out of that. But let me tell you something. We are God's. My brothers and sisters, and don't you forget this message because this is the finalization. I'm taking you into a place where you've never been before. When you tell people why you believe in the eternal glory, why you can live forever and not die and declare the works of God because you are God, hey, if they can't get with that, let them get with God. I don't care if that is your husband. I don't care if that is your wife. I don't care if that is your mother. I don't care if that is your father. I don't care if that is your bishop. I don't care if that is your pastor or preacher, preacher or bishop or preacher or pastor. I don't care at the whosoever move. I don't care, my brothers and sisters, huh? Who it is? You got to start declaring what God promised. If you don't start declaring what God promised, you're going to continue receiving what he didn't. So now let's back this up in Psalms 82, verse 6. He said, God said it is written that you are God, that we are God, and we are the children of the most high God. So in John 10, 34, Christ was teaching his disciples. You got to get this, brothers. In verse 33, in John chapter 10, the Jews wanted to punish Christ because he was telling and teaching them he was a God. He was God. And like most people who have not so learned Christ is going to tell you and, I, and, and, and tell you and I the same things. They say, you don't get out here with that foolishness, brother D. You got to get out here with that champ. You talking like you ain't got no sense. No, I got all the sense of God. See, you got all the sense of man. You got all the sense of what you've been taught as a child and the way you've been trained up to go. And you hadn't departed from what you've been taught. But I departed from what I was trained up in because I'm now trained up as a child, as the son of God. So when are you going to get where I'm at so you can understand what I believe is of God? So my brother. Brothers and sisters, look what he said to the disciples. They wanted to punish Christ because he was telling and teaching them he was a God. He was God. And like, he, and like most people who have not so learned Christ is going to tell you and I the same things. You being a man or a woman, being a man or a woman, make yourself out of a God. Who you think you are? And all you have to tell them is that my father, God, who created the heavens and the earth, made me a God. He made me in his image. He made me in his likeness. He made me. He said, oh, my God. He made me like him, to be like him out of a male and a female. Don't be confused whether you're a male or female. Just know whatever you was created as, God made you in his image. Now, if you change that up, that's on you. But if you stay in the place where God made you in his image and likeness, you have a reward you're going to receive. So don't let no one cheat you. Out of your reward, because being a man, being a woman, and you are a God does not make you less than who you are as the sons and daughters of the most high God. People will put you down when you speak that because they are ignorant and they don't have the knowledge of the glory of the kingdom of God. That's why this finalization of this teaching is going to be so powerful to you. So let me move from where I'm at so I can get to where I'm going so that my God has created the heavens and the earth made me a God. And if you got a problem with that, you're going to have to get with God. Then you teach them what Christ taught us. So now watch what Christ taught us in John chapter 10 verse 34. That was 33. They wanted to punish him because they got mad. 
Don't you know your spiritual church leaders and your pastors, bishops, and preachers, and your mothers and fathers and friends and relatives get mad at you if you talk to them like that? As long as you talking that old foolishness, we all got to die, and tomorrow's not promised. We ain't going to have our loved ones forever, and your number might be today or tomorrow. They going to always love you because that's the type of language they was taught to be trained in as a child to grow up to believe. But I come here to knock down every de every demon and devil that taught that proud, that type of teaching because God is teaching us and God is teaching us through his son Christ and we are all taught by God. So if God taught Christ to teach, I, why I'm going to listen to you after I learn who Christ is and let Christ teach me what God spoke to him. So now and furthermore, my brothers and sisters, let's continue. Huh? And then when we got to John chapter 10, 34, look how Christ responds to that foolishness that they wanted to indulge in. Huh? Look what he says in John 10, 34. He said to them, it's not, is it is not written? Huh? In the Bible that you read, is it not written in the book of Psalms, verse 82, that God said that you and I are gods? So who are you, joker, to try to take what God gave me as a promise to be in his image and life? You didn't make me. You didn't have me. You didn't touch me. You didn't speak to me. You didn't make me look like who you are. I don't even have it. I don't even look like my daddy. And he got I got his chromosome, but I got all 46 chromosomes from God. I got 23 of our own and 23 of our mothers and 23 of our father, but I got all 46 chromosomes from my daddy who created me in this. Yes, I'm a God, and I hope you don't like what I say that I am because you can't get with me and I can't get with you, but we can get with God and honor and let God know where we feel and stand about being a God. I bet God in Christ won't sit there and argue with you and you tell him that. Huh? You say, that's my brother. Christ, you say, that's my brother. Christ would say, that's my sister. Daddy, look here, Daddy. That's our children. That's our family down there. Let's go get them. And that God said that you are God's in Psalm 82. He said, isn't it written? And you got to watch what is written in the scriptures, my brothers and sisters. So when Christ tells us in John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Huh? He is replying to us that you and I are God's. Huh? I am a God. Let me hear you say it. I might not can hear you around me. Let me hear you say it silently to you. I am a God. Say it and let somebody know that you are a God. And our Father God has given us power through the body of Christ and through the blood of Christ. He has given us power in the image of who he is, who he is as God and made us in his likeness and in his image, huh? Out of his own Spirit and his own bones, his own look what God did out of his spirit, out of his own flesh, out of his own body. He has made us a God in the image of him as a male and a female. And I'm telling you, my brothers, you are a God. To make you and me a God is to be the glory to God. As the Father has sent me, I send you, my brothers and sisters, as the Father has sent us. We're going to believe that you are a God. We're going to believe that we are God. Huh? So though you believe thou this. Hmm? Come on. After all, God, after all, God loved us so much. He created and made us in his image and in his likeness on the sixth day from a body that was made without hands. See, you've never been taught about the body that was made without hands. That's why you can't get with being a God huh? and being made in the image and the likeness of God because you didn't know what God did on the sixth day. Now that you got this series huh, of the series, uh, series two and these episodes of the series, you can need to go back and you'll find out how you began with God in the beginning and how the beginning began with you with God. So my brothers and sisters, as the Father has sent me, Christ says, I send you. In Philippians 2, let's go there, my brothers and sisters. Let me see if I can slow down a little bit because I done got all excited up in here. My brother, up in here, up in here, up in here. So now, brothers, let's go to Philippians 2, 5, 6. 
See, we continue to rehearse these scriptures and not even believe what we are saying because we just repetitive repeat what we hear from somebody who can't explain what they are saying. But I'm going to give you something where God gave me to give to you through his son Christ teaching. So my brothers, look what the scripture says in Philippians 2, 5, and 6. It says, let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. So now my mind has to go into a place outside of where my mother and father had me at, outside of where my bishop and pastor preachers have me at, because now my mind has to go into a place where God, who he taught son, his son Christ to teach Jesus, would to take his mind from where his mind was, to bring his mind into where God was in Christ's mind. So even Jesus had to go in the mind of God, in the mind of Christ, to get what God promised him from what he came back for him for when he come for the baptism. So my brothers and sisters, look what he says. Let this mind that is in you, Jesus, let this mind that is in you, my sister, let this mind that is in you, my brother, huh? that was also in Christ Jesus. So the mind of God was also in Christ Jesus. So now the mind of Christ and Jesus is also in you, huh? who being in the form of a man, who being in the form of a man, you might not be a man, but if you're a woman, being in the form of a woman, let this mind that be in Christ Jesus as a woman. Let this mind that be in Christ Jesus as a man uh, who was in the form of a man. You might be in the form of a woman who's in the image and the likeness of God. Did not consider it robbery to be equal with God as a God because you have the image and the likeness of the creator or who created you in his image and the likeness of his two sons who is the Holy Spirit and Christ from the earth and from the heavens from the celestial and from the terrestrial in 1 Corinthians, watch this here, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 38, look what it says there, and God gives it a body as he please. Everybody, every seed, his own body. If your seed remain, if the seed of Christ remain in you, you are born of God, and there is no sin. So he says, huh, being in the form of a man, being in the form of a woman, being in the image of God as a man and a woman, being in the likeness of God as a man and a woman, huh, he said, did not consider it robbery to be equal with, when are you going to stop being equal with your pastor and your church affiliation, background denomination, huh, because you have not so learned Christ, when are you going to stop being equal with some real people, the Father with some real people, the Son with some real people, the Holy Spirit. When are you going to be equal with somebody that has the equality to give you eternal life? When are you going to start changing where you at? He says that I have not seen. Hmm? The body you sow is not the body you're going to get, but God gives it a body as he pleases. Every seed is own body. The reason you're receiving the seed of death because you're following a seed that carries death in their body. And they're telling you and they're teaching you and they're training you as a child, although you may be grown, that you all have to die, that tomorrow is not promised. You're not going to have your loved ones forever. We are not going to be here forever. See, as long as you keep teaching that type of talk and teaching that, teaching that type of teaching, you're going to always be in a place where the, touch, the teaching of Christ is so far from you. You'll never be able to get with a message like this here. So let us continue because i got some ways to go. So watch this here. He said, being, who being in the form of a man in an image and the likeness of God as a man and a woman did not consider Robert to be equal with God. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 16 says, who can instruct the mind of God? Huh? That's a heck of a question. Who can instruct the mind of God? But it says in that same B clause of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 16, it says that, but you have the mind of Christ. My brothers, you, if you don't change your mind, you won't ever change your situation. If you are going through what you're in because you are speaking the things you're speaking, it's because you are not speaking the language and having the mind of Christ. Because Christ can instruct God because Christ and God is one. Now, me and you may not have to get in Christ and ask Christ what we need to get from God, but God says, my son and I are one. So whatever his mind is his, and whatever is his is mine. So Christ has the mind to 
instruct God. But if we have the mind of Christ, we can get in relationship with Christ to speak with God. And Christ could make an avenue so we can have a relationship with the mind of God because Christ brings us into a place where we can at least, we may not be able to instruct him, but we can give him some instructions that we need to be instructed to be who he is as our God, to me, who the one who made us a God. Huh? So as the Father has sent me, I also send you. Do you believe that you are a God? Huh? Do you believe that you are God? Don't just say it and, because I'm asking the question. You have to know why you are. And that's the problem that the church has been teaching things, people get people to repeat what, they, what they're saying and, have not, they, and, and they don't even have a clue of what they're even saying or what they're speaking about. God deserves an answer, although he already knows what the answer is. Do you believe what man say or do you believe what God says? Because the witness of man is not greater than the witness of God. Do you believe that you are a God? Come on. In John 17, 15, look what he says. Father, take them not out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. What do that mean to you? In John 17, the, the last prayer of Christ, I tell you, man, that's some heavy stuff. So the part B of this sermonic presentation, this subtitle is the last prayer of Christ. He says, look at him. He says, Father, I pray that you take them not out of the world but that you keep them from the evil one. We're going to get to that in a minute, but I want to say that to you as the Father has sent me, I send you. Yeah. Huh? So I want you to realize, brother, this is some heavy stuff. When God spoke in John 17, 21, 24, we are one with the Father and the Son of Christ. Now we are one with them. But in Acts 1, 8, he said, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit or the promise of our Father come upon you and you shall be endowed with power. In Luke 24, 49, he said, I will send the promise of my father that ties into Acts 1, 8, of my father upon you, and you shall be endowed with power from on high. See, the promise of our father has not been touched by the church because the church don't know who the father is. And Christ says, no one can come to the father except through me. And if you have not so learned Christ, you cannot learn who God is. So you are never born of what God trying to birth you and born you are because we are born of God. When you're born of God, there is no sin in you. Whether they want to call you a sinner or not, there is no sin in you. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, it says there is a sin that leads unto death and there is a sin that leads not unto death. I ask that you pray not for those who are actually, he said don't pray for sin that leads to death. He said I ask that you pray not for that. But we've been teaching people and the church been teaching people and my mother been teaching me and my daddy was teaching me and my sister was teaching me and my brothers was teaching me and my family member was teaching me and my pastor preacher bishop was teaching me and my apostle was teaching me and my preacher and teacher was teaching me that we all have to die. So I was praying for something that God said I ask that you pray not for. So you've been praying for what God asks you not to pray for. So therefore you're in a place where not God is at because God is not at where the prayer that is asking to die but he said I ask that you not pray for that but there is a sin that leads not unto death because the sin that leads not unto death is the body of God that is made without hand that you walk in out of and be of what you are walking in so that you can be Christ I, who think it not robbery to be equal with God I will send the promise of my Father upon you. Let's go to John 17, 1 through 4. Christ spoke these words and lifted up his eyes to uh, his disciples. Huh? In John 17, 15, and he said to them, I want you to understand in John 17, 11, 1 through 4, ties into John 17, 15. He says, Father, I pray that you take them not out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. So Christ spoke these words in John 17, verse 1. Just this is what he said. He looked up into heaven and he said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son also may glorify you. As you, Father God, has given me authority over all flesh as your son Christ and that you should give eternal life to as many as you have given me. Hold up. So if he's saying, take them not out of the world. 
and keep them from the evil one. And now he's saying, Father, you have given me power over all flesh. It can't sound like that we all have to die. And tomorrow is not promised. So if that is the case, he says in verse 3, in, first, in John 17, he says, As a father God, you has given me authority over all flesh, and that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given me. Huh? And this is life eternal, and that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ in whom you sent. I have glorified you, Father, huh, on the earth. I have finished your work, Father God, which you have given me to do. The question I have, what work did Christ finish that God gave him as an assignment? In John 12, 48 through 50, he was commanded to teach. Uh-oh. He was commanded to speak. Uh-oh. He was commanded to, st- to speak teach and preach and say that God commanded him to teach, preach, and say eternal life. So he came and he commanded to teach eternal life. So if God commanded him and his work is finished, he came to finish the work of eternal life. So therefore, my brothers and sisters, God was commanding his child, his son Christ, to teach and explain the process of eternal life. In John 12, 20, 12, John chapter 12, verse 48 through 50. If he's saying my work is finished, what work is he? Oh, let's go back. To, oh, I think, let's go back. Father, you have given him authority over all flesh that you should give eternal life to as many as you have given me. And this is life eternal. And this is eternal life that you have, that, you are, that they know you. And the problem the church have, they don't know who God is. Not so, matter of fact, not, not less known that they have not so learned Christ. They definitely don't know who God is. So if Christ finished the work, and the work that Christ finished was eternal life, we got to find out what this work that he finished was he commanded to do. What's, what was the purpose of what he was commanded to do and what was the purpose of what he finished? Christ explained he was commanded to teach while being in the body of Jesus as the, as the Christ. Eternal life. Huh? John 17, 15 says, huh? that they take them not out of the world, but keep them from the evil one, which is death. He prayed, to, he prayed this to God, my brothers and sisters. In John 17, 1 through 4, explaining John 17, 1 through 4, and John 17, 3, he prayed for eternal life. And as many as you have given me, I have given them eternal life, that they may know you. And then in the same chapter, he prayed that you take them not out of the world, that you keep them from the evil one. It can't mean the same thing as we all have to die. And tomorrow is not promised. My brothers, we can't keep letting people teach this without the clarification of why they do it. We know why you do it, but I don't understand why you keep teaching it. So if you can't go back from what you're doing to regurgitate what you're in, you can't understand why you're doing what you're in because you're still regurgitating where you're at. If you keep regurgitating where you at, you can never get into where God is going because God don't regurgitate what he say, what he do. Because the word says that the word of God will not return to him void. When you regurgitate something, you are avoiding, you are avoiding what you are doing because what it is, something is in you is spoiling the thing that's supposed to be in you. So if God's word does not return to him void and cause him to regurgitate or throw up, whatever you want to call it, it has to mean that you saying and teaching and preaching as a pastor, preacher, teacher, and a master, or matter of fact, a bishop or apostle or prophet, if you're teaching that tomorrow's not promised and we all have to die, you can't be teaching the same thing that God promised Christ to come teach and he finished teaching it. That's another dimension. That's another place. And then he prayed the prayer in the, about eternal life. He prayed the prayer saying, Father, I thank you for letting me finish in the, finish in the work 
that you commanded me to teach out of John 12, 48 through 50, that you commanded me to teach and say and speak eternal life to your people. And he says, Father, this is my prayer as well, that you take them not out of the world, but keep them from the evil one. Christ spoke these words to God and said, Father, the hour has come, glorify your son so that your son may glorify you, brother. Huh? That you give eternal life as many to you, as many as you have given me. And this is life eternal. And this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God, Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I glorify you, Father, on the earth. I have finished the teaching. I have finished the eternal teaching, the eternal life in which you have commanded me to teach in John 12, 48 through 50. Because this is the work and the assignment you have given me to do, Father God. If the word of God is true, and we just read the scriptures in John 1, 17, verses 1 through 4. How can you from this point continue teaching we all have to die? And tomorrow is not promised. And we all will not be here to forever. How can you continue letting the, your spiritual leaders or pastors or bishops or pastors, preachers and teachers or your church denomination affiliation? Or how can you, huh? Or how can we as parents to our children, keep telling them and continue instilling in them the fear of death after we rightly divide the word of truth. Scriptures teaches us in 2 Timothy, verse 30, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, all scriptures is given by the inspiration of God. Let's pause here parenthetically. If we were, if the word of God and the scriptures of God is an inspiration of God, and in Ezekiel 17, in Ezekiel 18, 31 to 32, cast away from all the, all the transgression which you have committed and get yourself a new heart, a new spirit, a new mind. And why will ye die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of the one who dies, says God. Therefore return and live forever. If the word of God and all the scriptures is an inspiration of God, how can the expression, how can the belief of this expression, we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised, be of God? Does that sound inspiration to you? Hey, bro, you know tomorrow <laughs> you're going to die. And I remember when the doctor told my brother Eshley, huh, that you ain't got much long. I don't know why you keep bringing him. Oh, that joker lucky. I came to the hospital late. My sisters and brothers them were there, but he just said that in front of me. And I didn't even know nothing about eternal life at that time. I didn't know. I learned about eternal life after my brother was deceased. But that day, I'd rather I knew or not. I'd have choked him. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry to say that over the radio. I'm sorry to say that on my part. I'd have choked that doctor, and I'd have did me two, three days in, 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 in confinement because he ain't going to let no man speak to my brother like He's already saying that, you know what I mean, in despair, and you're going to say that to him. Oh, I wish I could find that joker's name. If I could find his name, he's going to be in trouble. I'm telling you right now. But let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. How could that make sense? Huh? My brother. Hey, brother, you, 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 you're going to die tomorrow. Hey, sister, you know today your number is up for you to die today. Does that sound encouraging? Does that sound like the inspirations of the spirit of God's word? How can tomorrow, we are all not going to be here tomorrow, it's inspirational. It can't be of God. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life is in the power of the tongue, huh? And they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. We've been growing up all our lives, been eating the fruit of death, and we still glorify when we go to church. Yeah, glory, I felt so good. Pastor preached so much. Oh, girl, you should have heard the choir today. Man, you should have saw how Pastor preached that word today and still was teaching you to die. And you still glorifying death, huh? And call yourself glorifying God. God says in Ezekiel, huh, 1831 18, and 32, I have no, why will ye die? Oh, house of, why will ye die, whosoever move Baptist church? Why will ye die? 
die? Huh? Oh, house of Israel. Why will ye die? Whosoever moved, church of Christ. Why will ye die? I don't understand why they're teaching it, huh? Over there at the Presbyterian, huh? The whosoever moved Presbyterian church, huh? The whosoever moved Catholic. Why will he die? Huh? Come on. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says that in all scriptures is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in eternal life and righteousness. That the man or the woman of God may complete thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now let us switch for a minute and stay right here in 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15. So we went to 16 and 17 in 2 Timothy chapter 3. Let's go a couple of verses up and see what it says. You're going to switch it, switch it up a little bit. Look what it says, my brothers and sisters. 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15 says, and it reads, but you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them from. When I say you have not so learned Christ, this is tied into Ephesians chapter 420. It says that you have not so learned Christ as the truth is in Jesus. When it says as the truth is in Jesus, it's teaching us that Jesus had to learn the truth about Christ. In order to learn Christ, you have to go through the baptism of Jesus and the baptism of Christ to learn Christ. So many of us have been baptized in Jesus that we can't get to Christ because we have not so learned Christ because of the teaching. So if you have not been taught by God and come from out of the teaching in Matthew 23, 8 of the teaching of Christ, you have not so learned Christ. huh? If you are still talking and speaking that we all have to die, tomorrow's not promised, and we are not going to have our loved ones forever, you have not so learned Christ. And the truth is in Jesus. See, Jesus had to learn Christ so he can speak the truth about Christ that he learned. So the problem the churches are having over at whosoever moved churches and whosoever moved churches and out of Louisiana and out of Mississippi and out of Alabama and out of Texas and out of all these different places, our China, Canada, out of all these different places where they've been teaching the word of Christ because the word of God is all over the world. But the word of the eternal glory of the kingdom of God has not been preached yet because if it would have been, it would have already been the end. So the end is not going to come until the glory of God when we start speaking the words of eternal life. Light and death is in the power of the tongue. When you stop eating the words of death and talking about him and glorifying death as death is your God, huh? you are still sitting there teaching on something that ain't evil of God and thinking you're glorifying God. But it says that you knowing from whom you have learned from. Ah, that's powerful. And that from childhood, <coughs> you have known the Holy Spirit. Excuse me. And from childhood, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Huh? This is powerful because in second in Proverbs 22, 6, train up a child in the way he or she should go. Huh? And when he or she is older, he or she will not depart from it. Now, if this scriptures or verse in the scriptures is true, it has to give us a great understanding about why the erroneous teaches the erroneous teaching about we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and we all are not going to be here forever and we only have our loved ones for a little while. Such a powerful statement when it is said. And and said when it is said and taught to the people of God, and why it is so believable when it is said, and when it is taught to the people of God by bishops, by apostles, by prophets, by evangelists, by pastors, preachers, and teachers, and even at one time, even by me, because I hadn't so learned Christ. But when I came into the knowledge of understanding the learning of Christ through his teaching in Matthew 23, 8, and being taught by God through the Spirit of Christ, let me tell you something. When you have repeatedly been taught 
Over the over and 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 over Sunday after Sunday and Sunday after Sunday Wednesday after Wednesday Wednesday after Wednesday Sunday after Sunday Friday after Friday huh even from our own mothers and our own fathers and our own brothers and our own sisters our own relatives our own loved ones and plus on top of that when death and the dying of the people is heard and seen daily with our own eyes. It is very, very easy to believe in we all have to die and tomorrow is not promised and we all won't be here tomorrow and we all won't be here forever. Huh? We only have our loved ones for a little while. Maybe your loved ones may be in the length of days of God because God is your life and God is your length of days and God is the eternal glory of the life that he gave you. If you stop speaking death into the life of the life God gave you to his son Christ. Maybe you will live forever. Maybe you have the opportunity. But if you keep if we keep teaching our children and training them up in the way we should go, we're going to always teach them that death is always more powerful than the word. And that's a lie from the pits of hell. It's easy to believe that we all have to die if you see it. It is much easier to believe that than it is to believe that God has given us eternal life and we can live forever although God promised us eternal life and although God give us uh, his own testimony that he has given us eternal life through his son. It is much easier for Christians and believers, bishop, apostles, and pastors, and preachers, and teachers to believe we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised and we all are not going to be here forever. Why? Because as Proverbs 22, 6 says, if you train up a child and, have, and, 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 and you have them thinking and believing we all have to die and tomorrow's not promised and we are not going to be here forever. You have already, as a spiritual church leader, as a mother, as a father, as a bishop, as a pastor, apostle, preacher, have trained a child to grow up and not depart from that teaching. Because that teaching and that belief that they have, the individual you have taught in their lifetime, all their lifetime you have taught them that, as a, since they've been a child, what you expect for them to believe? Come on! Because the spiritual church leaders, bishop, pastors, and preachers, and even me, myself, at one time, as a preacher, teacher, and a pastor, bishop, and all these other people, my parents, my grandparents, my grandfather, my grandmother, my mom, Paul, Paul, all these people has taught us that we have to, we have to die. And that eternal life is after you die. How in the world is eternal life is after you die? Come on. But that is not what the scriptures explain, and that is not the way the scripture teaches us what eternal life is. Because in John chapter 11, it is written, verse 21 and through 26 says, Christ was teaching Martha and Mary what eternal life means. Let's go to John chapter 11, verse 21. Christ taught Martha and Mary about this, about eternal life. John 11, verse 21. This is the event where he stayed four days when he heard that Lazarus was sick and he stayed an additional day and Lazarus was dead. So go back to that chapter if you get a chance and read it. But I'm going to start at 21 because I want you to see. Now Martha said to Christ, because Lazarus has expired already, and Christ has already pronounced him dead. Now Martha said to Christ, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother Lazarus would not have died. Ain't that amazing? She knew if he was there, he would not have died. But she didn't believe in eternal life, that he could live after he died. But it was not eternal life, it was the resurrected. But now he finna explain something because he she have exposed the difference in death, the resurrection, and the eternal life. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So when he got up from the third on the third day from out of death, and he came through the door that was shut, 
He was in the eternal glory of God in the body that was made on the sixth day that was created in God's image and likeness. And it was showing us that if you have this body as God gave us in the immortal in the immortality, the immortal body, the life, the life, the, he says the, the life given, the, the, the life given spirit. This body was a life-given spirit. It was a life-given body. It was the life-given blood of God. And he says, huh? Look what he told Mary. If you would have been here, look what Mary told Christ. If you'd have been here, my brother Lazarus would not have died. And Martha, huh? Went on to say to Christ, but even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give it to you. Now, let me ask you this here. If she knew what God, what Christ would ask, whatever he would ask of God, God would give it to you. Why would Christ ask God to let us die and then give us life again when he came to teach eternal life? Hmm? So now let's continue. Now that whatever you ask of God, God would give it to you. And Christ said to Martha, your brother will rise again. Martha said to Christ, I know that he will rise again huh, in the resurrection at the last day. So the last day is not the same day that you're thinking is the last day when the earth's going to end. The last day is when he get up from the resurrection being dead. Hmm? She was thinking that. That's what she thought eternal life was. But Christ said to her in John eleven twenty five, and Christ said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life eternal. He or she who believes in me as Christ, though he, talking about Lazarus, her brother, though Lazarus may die and Lazarus may be dead, he should live again. Although he is dead, Christ teaches Martha that her brother will live again, but he will not receive the promise of our father, which is eternal life. But in the next verse, in John eleven twenty six, Christ explained the difference in having eternal life and receiving the resurrected life after you die. So they both can't mean the same thing. Resurrected, when you are resurrected, huh, means a person died and was raised from the dead like he did with Lazarus. But in John eleven twenty six, he explained what eternal life means in this body we are living in right now. John eleven twenty six, and he says, look what he says in John, and whosoever is living in this body of flesh and believe in me as the Son of God shall never die. Come on. He says, do you? Believe thou this. All right, Martha, do you? Believe thou this whosoever moved Baptist church. Do you, Bishop? Believe thou this. Do you, Apostle? Believe that. Do you, Pastor, Preacher, Teacher, or whosoever moved Baptist church, or whosoever moved Church of Christ, whosoever moved Jehovah with it? Do you believe thou this? Whoever is still alive. And is in this body. Do you believe thou this? My brothers and sisters. Most people won't even answer that. He explained the resurrection. He explained death. He explained that when you're dead, you get up. But he said, I got people out here standing before me when I taste death. Do you believe thou this? Shall not die. What in the world? How could you not? And you going around talking about tomorrow's not promised. Come on. Stop whining when death show up at your house. You done prayed all your life. He said, I pray that you, I ask that you pray not for the sin that leads to death. That's a sin that leads not unto death. My brothers, this is Pastor D. Washington. I'm going to close this out. I'm going to do another finalization, finalization, finalization. Because you know something? I don't want to get too far in that because I don't want it to be too lengthy for you where you won't listen to it. I want you to listen to what is right. Look, oh my God, this is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We're on Spotify. We're on Podbean. We're on Podcast. So catch us uh, one way or the other. We got a book out there from out of huh, that Amazon, Books a Million, Bones and Noble. Hmm? 
So go out there and book the book, The Promise of Our Father Who Has Believed Our Report. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. Continue to pray for the spiritual church leaders all throughout this country, out through his world. And we're teaching this word like never before. And if you're getting into this message, you better get into the last part of it. I thought that was the finalization. So we're going to do the finalization of the finalization. We thank God for blessing us. Hey, again, and I'm going to start right where we left off at. Because we're going to say, do you believe thou this? In the finalization of Christ being God. Hey, who give us his eternal spirit to live for eternal. We love you and we thank you. You can reach us at 678-764-1614. Text us or email us at P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at Yahoo.com. P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at Yahoo.com. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. May God continue to bless you and your family forever.